You're listening to the Thank God for Nostra podcast. Jimmy Song, welcome to the Thank God for Nostra podcast. Well, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. All right, Jimmy. So you are uh, one of the the founders of, of Thank God for Bitcoin, and uh, consequently, uh, Thank God for Noster. So we uh, are always always grateful to get to talk to you. Um, we just saw each other out at uh, at the Bitblock Boom conference. Uh, how was your experience out there? Um, well, I sold a lot of books and I slept <laughs> in my own bed, so I think it was a little bit different than your 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 experience. Yeah, that that, that does make it a win. I won't lie. So why don't you introduce, maybe for people who haven't heard the book announcement, why don't you introduce what the book is about and why you wrote it? Yeah, the book is called Fiat Ruins Everything, and uh, the intended audience is Bitcoiners, right? Like people that have been into Bitcoin. Yeah. And it's uh, it's basically talking about all the different ways in which Fiat has broken everything that we hold dear. Um, the incentives are just completely off. In all sorts of ways, because of the ubiquity of debt, the lack of savings, and all kinds of other things, um, and that's that's what this book is about. The uh, crowdfund is fiatruinseverything dot com, and uh, and you can participate in it until September sixth. All right, so go out and grab the book, and you, like I'm anticipating, I, I haven't got my copy yet, but I'm anticipating this is something that you could easily put into the hands of somebody, even if they weren't a Bitcoiner, because uh, it's just mainly addressing things that are you know the problem. Yeah, uh, mostly. There are there are ends of the chapter where I talk about Bitcoin, and uh, they might get a little confused. Like, wait, wait why, sure. why is this person talking about Bitcoin all of a sudden? I agree with everything else. Um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, you know that that's uh, you know it, it was meant to be sort of like addressed to Bitcoin Nation. So um, so that's what it is. Uh, I'm sure non Bitcoiners can get something out of it. But that's sure. that's that's how I wrote it. So we'll see. <laughs> we 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 were talking about this in Austin, but that cover is fantastic. Like, how did you? Where did you get the image? Did you, did you find an artist, a graphic designer to work with? Well, no, I I, I published this one with Bitcoin Magazine, so they they okay. had their own in-house artist, and they came up with this concept. And yeah, it, it, I mean, I, you can you could get a print. I I have the digital rights, so you know. Um, oh man, go go yeah, on <laughs> We gotta talk about that later. Um, the other thing I just want to give a shout out was to to JD uh, Cypherpunk Cinema did the the book trailer for this and did a fantastic job. So shout out to him. Yeah. Um, all right, Jimmy, this is this is the Thank God for Nasser podcast, and so we we don't want to talk about um, just your your uh, your opinions about Nasser. I'll never forget one of the one of the first things I believe I saw you post on Nasser was that. Uh, you haven't been as excited as you are about Nostra about a technology since Bitcoin, mm-hmm. and I believe the other the other innovation that you tied to before Bitcoin that it excited you so much was the internet itself. Mm-hmm. So again, for a lot of people that might be that some of the people listening to this that makes obvious sense to them. But can you kind of unpack why? Nostra has impacted you that much to the point that you'd be willing to to say something like that. Yeah, so I let's go back to the first one. I I sure. I, I think uh, when I heard about the internet in '92, and then I I think I I had my first AOL account in '93, uh, and then '94 was when I went to college and I really got to see like the World Wide Web and all that stuff. Um, you know, I, I remember like just being like, how does this not change everything? The fact that you can instantly <laughs> communicate 
is enormous. It's huge. And it's, yeah. uh, you know, it, it'll, it'll change a lot of things. And I, I had that sense of what a lot, a large part, largely because I was inclined towards that area anyway. I, yeah. and I was, I was doing like bulletin boards when I was in high school and stuff like that. Um, so I, I was inclined towards that. So I, I kind of had a familiarity with what that would look like. I was jealous of people that I went uh, that I knew had an email address back in like uh, <laughs> like junior year of high school. I went to a math camp and these guys like gave me their email address. I'm like, what is this? They're like, you know, and I had a, I had like email for that for the two weeks I was at that camp or something. But the yeah. fact that these guys had it like it was like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. Um, later on, you know, as the internet came in, you know, I, I, I thought it was pretty obvious that this, this was a major technology, a major improvement to a lot of different processes and stuff like that. But I was fairly young, so, you know, I couldn't really do that much with it. I was, I was still attending college and stuff like that. Um, uh, when I saw Bitcoin, it was a, it was a different kind of epiphany, largely because I was older, first of all. And, yeah. you know, I, I had, uh, you know, I had gone through the 2008 financial crisis and I had done some studying because of that. Uh, so when I, when I saw it, it was just like, wow, this, like, if this works, then this could be like something really good. Uh, similar thought to what I had with the internet. Uh, you know, I, I guess it's always sort of preceded by that caveat, like if this works, um, and you know, when when I when I look at Noster and the fact that you don't have a centralized party, right? Um, that's what made me think. Okay, like, and it's very flexible. There's all kinds of. There's no need for a domain or anything really, other than mm -hmm. like some sort of internet connection. It made me think: if this works, then this is gonna be huge, right? Because it, it is like a completely different paradigm. In fact, it's it's actually closer to the original paradigm of the internet, where everything everybody was a server, and you know you uh, you communicated peer to peer and so on. This is getting pretty close to that, um, and it, it, in a sense, it's uh, it's bringing a lot of the promise of Bitcoin and making it real because you you have a marketplace of uh, you know a community that is sort of off the normal internet if that makes sense it's, it's yeah. almost like tor in that way but not exactly yeah yes i think that's a good comparison because it it is feel like you're this little you know cordoned off community that's that's growing and kind of exploring this thing um so i guess i guess how did you find nasser i mean there was there's been people who've been on it since the beginning there's people who it took them a few months you know how, how did you first hear about it and what were your first i mean was that your into your did, was that what you thought immediately or did it take a little bit of playing around to kind of to kind of feel that way i i feel like i heard about it before but i didn't know what it was and then i uh i think when it really started taking off this past year that's that's when i was like okay like and to go look at this. And then as soon as I tried it and saw how it worked, uh, and I looked at some of the nips and stuff, it was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, the, this this really could be it. And then, and like, I, I could kind of tell when something, um, something has a lot of potential because I can't stop thinking about it, right? Like, uh, yeah. it's, it's the sort of thing that like keeps you up at night. It's like, why, 
okay, then you could do this and you could do this and you know, uh, and somebody will do this. And, you know, you, you try to sort of project out. I, I did this with internet early on, with uh, with Bitcoin early on and stuff. And I, I like, it, it was very similar in, in, you know, sort of the ideas that came to mind. And I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one because there, there are lots of other people that are implementing a lot of those ideas that they had, like thinking about this stuff, like, oh, you know, a significant amount. Yeah. And I, I think, <laughs> and for more, for more normal people, quote unquote, normal people, like I, I use you as one of my barometers, Jimmy, because you were disproportionately excited about this thing. And so I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not a programmer whatsoever, mm-hmm. but I can, I can see enough of this and all of the right people are excited about this for all the right reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I was like willing to try to, you know, endure the, uh, overcome the technological hurdles to just trying to trying to use it and kind of exploring around and using some of the different protocols. Um, has there been, I mean, obviously the thing that I think a lot of people would jump on immediately was Domus, uh, and just using, playing around with that as like a Twitter replacement. And, you know, people can, it's just a way people can kind of flex and speak out against some of the things that Twitter has done. And then Elon has done. Uh, but are there other instances or uh, other, you know, other things that have been built on Nostra, even just so far that have, you know, excited you or kind of spurred further thought or innovation in your mind? Yeah, uh, the the fact that like, well, social media is sort of like the layer one sort of like very first thing that most people see. Um, and that, that part is very useful and valuable. Um, but what what's uh, what's really exciting is not having to have a domain or or, or whatever. And it brings like a lot of the goodness of Bitcoin too, because you could pay people directly, right? Like you, yeah. you don't need anyone's permission. You don't need to go through a payment processor or whatever. Um, and you could you could sell things directly. And we we haven't really had a marketplace where you have bilateral transactions like that. There's always yeah. somebody sitting in the middle. It's like sure. I want to sell this to this person. Well, okay, I have to pay eBay this fee and this other uh, other stuff. This this is one where it's like just sort of, all right. You like we're not gonna stop you. You want you want to go do something? Go do it, right? Like it's <laughs> there. There's nobody to stop you. So, uh, so that that part is really interesting to me. Um, and you know there, I, I like that obviously means there's a lot of spam bots and things like that. Um, but watching it sort of evolve and uh, people do permissionless innovation um you know it just kind of lets me know that there's uh you know there there's a there's a big world out there right like uh, yeah. of ideas and things like that uh with with a smaller centralized thing you almost feel, always feel like oh you know what i wouldn't do it that way i would do it this way they should yeah. do this they should do that uh, on Nostr, there's probably somebody that does it that way, or there's some technical <laughs> reason that it doesn't work that way, right? Like, yeah. Um, so, uh, but as, as far as like specific uh, goods or services that I've seen, I, I can't say that there's been anything in particular. I mean, I, I do like the fact that you could zap people and stuff, but yes. you know, there's a bunch of stuff that they've tried that I think is kind of broken, right? Like polling. Yeah. I, I don't think that's that that doesn't work. It's just yeah, like somebody can vote five hundred times, and you you vote once with five hundred sets versus one. So, yeah. uh, but you know, like other stuff, um, you know, there are clients that will take Markdown, some not. 
Uh, so you, you could kind of have a personal blog in there, but you know, um, some of the stuff I published back in February, I can't find anywhere anymore. So, um, <laughs> like it, it's little yeah. things like that where, uh, where, okay. Like I really am responsible for my own stuff and yeah. I can't depend on anybody cause there's no central party. So, yep. um, no, uh, like I, I do believe that there will be more interesting goods and services that'll get popular. I, I, I saw that like people were having live streams of some kind and, uh, and doing things like that. I haven't played too much with that stuff yet. Um, yeah. but I, I mean, some sort of decentralized clubhouse, um, that would be yeah. very interesting. I, I and sure. I think people would be like, it, it's not dependent on any particular company to promote it. So it won't go down the tubes like clubhouse did. Right. Like, so, sure. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I see a lot of potential here and, uh, much like Bitcoin in 2011, there's, there's, you know, a lot of this stuff hadn't, hasn't been built yet or, or the internet in 94, like a lot of this yeah. stuff hasn't been built yet. We're, but you know the potential is there, and this this is a, a a wonderful tool. I can see a lot of people getting onto it. Yeah, and I think too, like one of the things that you, I mean, a lot of the companies that were around in the you know internet revolution, and then even the Bitcoin revolution. I mean, if you, you can watch some documentaries or you know any of the the things that were around back then, a lot of those people are just gone. <laughs> <laughs> and so the the people who end up fleshing out and, you know, creating the the final result, the things that do that do reach more users might not be the same people or the same projects. Mm. Um let me let me ask you. So one of the things I, I want to kinda unpack with you is you just went on this giant trip uh with your with your decently large family. Uh, -huh. uh that that's a whole whole adventure in and of itself. But um did you come across, I mean you visited a, how many different countries? Thirty four. 34 different countries. Um, you went to Bitcoin meetups in a lot of those places. Did you, did, I mean, did Nostr factor in? Did you have any conversations about Nostr in, in any of those countries? All of them. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. they, this was one of the first things that they would ask about, um, yeah. especially towards the end of the trip. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah. are you on Nostr? Are you on Twitter or whatever? And, uh, and talking about, okay, well, you know, this thing really is cool. And it, it like, it's like sort of natively censorship resistant. Um, so I, I, a lot of people, I, probably because we, uh, you know, Bitcoin and Nostra has had this close association. Um, yeah. A lot of people were willing to give it a shot and try it and stuff. And a lot of people liked it. The fact that it's not controlled by a single company is, is a ma yeah. major, major benefit. Uh, and the fact that, yeah, you know, there, there are no obvious central points of control where, you know, you could route it many different ways. Like the C CCP is going to have a hell of a time trying to shut that yep. down. Um, sure. Yep. But, but that, th those things I think are very interesting to a lot of Bitcoiners and that, that's the sort of gut feeling I had from a lot of them. Yeah. I, I think that, yeah, it's just seeing people's response. Again, I think it it's it does feel like it feel Nostra feels like the way that people were talking about Bitcoin in like 2011. It, it does have that same feel where there's a lot of excitement, but it's super niche. Mm -hmm. It still is. I mean, there's still a lot of confusion over how does this thing work? Mm -hmm. You know, how do I use this? Uh, how do I switch between accounts? Like we we have a we have a, I have my own personal account. We've got thank God for Bitcoin. We've got thank God for Nostra has its own Nostra account. And trying to find some way to kind of switch between those, you know, uh, conveniently is, is, you know, can be a little bit tricky. I, I'm mm. sure somebody's going to make a client that does that. Exactly. Right? Like that's the, that's the main thing. Yeah. A hundred percent. 
So now I, I know you mentioned the, the CCP having a hard time clamping down on, on Noster. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is something that I, I have read a number of things about is that the, the uh, number of Noster uses, uh, users in Asia has exploded. Mm-hmm. Um, was that, I mean, how, what do you think are some of the factors about that? I, I would imagine Hong Kong, I don't know if that was one of the countries you went to, but obviously the things that have happened in Hong Kong, the things that have been happening with the CCP, um, I, I can imagine China and Hong Kong being uh, you know, affected by that. But th- were there any other places where, you know, you heard about or met a large number of people who were using them? And did they unpack kind of what was motivating them? Well, um, I mean, it, it has exploded in Asia, but I, I suspect a lot of that is because there are just so many people in Asia, right? Like, sure. Yeah, <laughs> 0.1% of any any of these countries. And it's uh, it just it's an enormous number of people. So, um, sure. uh, so relatively speaking, that that's probably a part of it. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, people were just excited because they they saw that you could just zap people right away, things like that. Yeah. Um, and you di- you didn't have to worry about censorship. That that was the other main thing is, you know, the these uh the the free speech element of it is actually fairly significant. There there's a yeah. lot of people that are concerned about, you know, uh, Elon and, you know, whoever was in charge at Twitter before him and so on, it's, it can, it can get kind of stifling and, um, not having to worry about that, I think is, is a major contributor. The, the other thing too, is that I, I, like, because it's an open protocol, I think like it has a very good chance of lasting a pretty long time, right? It's not like, clubhouse or whatever threads i think it was from sure book. like the those things like you, you as soon as the backer comes goes out of it it's over right and yeah i have no doubt that threads will be quietly shutting down in like 12 months sure. or something similar sure, with sure, sure. parlor and all these other things i don't <laughs> think those sir will 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 be doing yeah. anything like that and that's that's part of its strength is that they're uh, kind of like Bitcoin. Like there, there's some certainty about the future because it's an open protocol. It's not yeah. subject to the whims of you know a particular company's fortunes. I guess. Yeah, that was something I, I played around with Mastodon. Like I, I, you know, created an account over there. It was like trying to not an account, but it was like trying to use that. And again, it just was super cumbersome to deal with. Um, there just wasn't the same level of of excitement, and you know, because of the the way that it functions. If they don't mind me asking, like, have you invested in any way in any Noster companies at this point? Well, so uh, the dirty secret is that I don't invest in big companies. I, in fact, I I think I, I have in my portfolio maybe two or three. Like, I I really <laughs> don't like to invest my Bitcoin because, sure. uh, you know, as uh, as Preston Pish likes to say, the hurdle rates really high. I you know you're yeah. you're competing against something that's done really really well for me so in sure. order to get my investment it's um you're you're either gonna have to beat that or there has to be some other reason um yeah. so i i haven't been investing in anything nasa related but that's not to say that there aren't very good ideas out there um yeah. i i would i would love to see a lot of these open source things kind of develop i i think for a while jack wanted some sort of like a decentralized github the thing is like Git is already kind of a decentralized protocol anyway. Yeah. It would be yeah. really cool if there was some way to connect people's Git instances in, uh, yeah. in some reasonable way so you, you have, you know, some uh, some updated thing. Um, but, you know, there, there's a lot of other uh, things that I think could 
come online with, uh, especially with flow of information and sort of cens- yeah. censorship resistant kind of thing. Uh, the, the, the weird thing is like, it's hard to make a business around it because yeah. you have to, you have to start charging money. Um, I, I think more likely what's going to happen is that people are going to come up with a business independent of Noster and realize Noster is the best tool to do a yeah. particular piece of their business. And that, that, that to me is probably the right use case, not like trying to come up with a Noster company, right? Like that. Sure. Probably trying to trying to um yeah, fit something that probably doesn't belong um a lot of times. Yeah, I just saw Jacket posted probably two or three days ago asking if anybody was working on a uh a Noster replacement for Wikipedia. Mm. Uh and I think that I would imagine that has some, just something to do with the way that Wikipedia has been weaponized uh and been, you know, taken over by a you know, we could argue um uh, what's it called intelligence institutions, you know, like to to kind of push information they want to have published. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's incentives to to have things like that out there. But I think that that's been probably honestly the thing that's been most exciting for me, both about Bitcoin and then in working into Nasser, is just looking at it philosophically and realizing that the decisions that are made, the the different decisions that are made within all of those things are philosophical decisions at, at their core. Like there's desiring one thing over the other, and then they just implementing that. I think that it's again my up to this point, up and you know up until probably four or five years ago, my my take on programming and and you know all those side of things, technology more broadly has just been, you know, this is just something I use without thinking. Uh, but then being around so many developers and so many people who are actually creating this thing and working on that, and just running up against these different trade-offs and issues that they have, uh, it's just made me really appreciate it and look at it through a different lens than I uh, had before. Is that, I I know you, as somebody who's been in the space for a long time, like, did you have like a philosophical background or like, how did, how did that element of Bitcoin, you know, or that element of Bitcoin and other things, how did you get interested in things like philosophy and? Well, I, 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 I would say that the, 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 point at which those things join is sort of the economic aspect of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And that's something that very few people, I think, really spent much time thinking about. Always been interested in philosophy and things like that. Um, but, you know, going into the root cause of a lot of people's sort of almost willful ignorance about mm-hmm. monetary matters, political matters, things like that, um, you know, uh, that that I think ends up at that metaphysical layer, that, that philosophical mm. layer. Um, and that, you know, I, I do like to think about that stuff. I like reading. I like learning. Um, not everybody likes the same stuff I do, but that's, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's hard for me to answer that question because it's always just sort of been me and I don't know what it's like to be anybody else. So <laughs> like, how do other people think? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they just find it boring or, the technical arguments kind of tedious or I don't know, but like for me, they're interesting, yeah. right? Like this, this is yep. that, that process of thinking and um, being clear about what you believe and writing it down and stuff like that. That's, that's fun for me. I don't know. Like that's, that's yeah. why I do it. It's, it's not any, you know, bigger reason than that really. 
Yeah, I, I, that makes sense. I, I think one of the things that I just want to touch back on something you were mentioning about the fact that you don't invest in a lot of Bitcoin companies. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that does bring up again. You mentioned there's got to be there's got to be some very incredibly important idea that's going to come up to separate you from your Bitcoin, mm-hmm. or there's going to be something else that's involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as like think out for Bitcoin, I mean we've talked to, about this in person, but like can you talk about? I mean that you were willing to. <laughs> To, to to shell out some Bitcoin for that, can you kind of unpack like what why was why did you see Think Out for Bitcoin as something that you wanted to invest in? Uh, because I think we need to um, give this message to Christians. <laughs> they they yeah. worship money more than anybody. Um, <laughs> so uh, you know, I I felt like it was more missional, and the, this gets to sort of like a broader topic of where I'm willing to spend my Bitcoin because. Sure. If you're saving Bitcoin, great. Like you, you have it for something in the future. Well, what's what's that thing in the future? And that that's maybe where a lot of Bitcoiners get into sort of like self reflection about their own values and mm. stuff like that. Uh, and you know, you mentioned the trip I went on. That was something that I was willing to pay for, willing to spend yeah. my money on, um, despite you know this being a really great currency and a great store of value and I could get like five times more in a few years but you know my kids are not going to be the same age like forever and they're going to get out of the house at some point so being uh doing that I think is worthwhile uh and those are my values Uh, and you know thank god for bitcoin I think um those are my values you know I'm like this isn't something I'm doing to make more money which is Sort of what all fiat investment ends up being. It's it's to make sure that you get a return. This isn't to get a, a, like a fiat return, and I I think yeah. I've made that clear with you. It's yeah. uh it's to do something that I believe in. Um, and you know uh, I, I think there are lots of people that do stuff like that. Um, and a lot of uh, I think the other investors and in, and in thank God for Bitcoin have uh, the same mentality. So yeah, yeah, I think it it is. I mean, Jesus talks about money as as you know, he says, "Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also." Mm. And it has been just really neat uh, again from the thank God for Bitcoin side to see, you know, what where to see where your heart is to a certain extent. You know, the willing the fact that you're willing to put money in the line and say, "This is I'm going to trade." you know, Bitcoin, this very valuable, scarce thing, I'm going to trade it mm-hmm. for this thing that I value more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just thinking about, you know, me thinking about it in that terms has been really helpful and, and really powerful. Um, and then just thinking about that more broadly, that that is constantly going on, whether or not you're consciously doing it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're buying food or whatever, you're saying, I, I value food more highly than I value this money at, at this point. I just think that it's a tremendously you know these conversations about the you know philosophy of money and, and all these things are super helpful because they help they help you realize the the gravity and the the real thing that's constantly going on that it's just easy to miss mm. um you know have there been have there been other things that you, you you have realized about yourself through bitcoin you know through as as you've thought about either spending it or saving it or you know have there been things maybe that were revealed to you about yourself whether good bad or or in or otherwise yeah i i mean i i've realized a lot of things about myself about my own uh weaknesses and flaws and what what i need to change and things like that mm. um 
But you know the the bigger thing is you know how how it's brought a lot of the things into focus uh, about what I value and how I conduct myself uh, because you know like uh, I I think this is more from being a public figure than it is from Bitcoin per se, uh, but there there's there's a significant amount of learning that you do just from being out there in public, right? Cause how do you react when yeah. people are being really mean to you or like, yeah. Yeah. or, uh, or saying things about you or how, how do you react when they're saying good things about you too? Like there, there's, yeah. there's a lot of, uh, that, which I think kind of felt like refining fire in many ways, mm. because I, mm. I, I had to drop a lot of my instincts on certain or in, in like the instinctual ways I would react on certain things uh, because I, I've found that first they weren't effective and second that they were wrong <laughs> in, in some way. Could you give me an example? Like what's an example of that? Like uh, early on, you know, I, uh, I used to get into a lot of Twitter fights and stuff like that. And okay. I don't, I don't do that anymore. Right. Like that's, that's, no. um, you know that that is first of all losing battle, and uh, second, yeah. you're you're not making things better for anybody. The like yeah. vast majority of time when you get into an online battle, the only two people reading it are you and that other person. No one else cares. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now I, that might be a little bit different because you know I, I I've published a lot of stuff or whatever, but like that that uh, futility that um you know sort of intellectual masturbation of uh yeah. of like arguing is it's not that rewarding or it, it doesn't matter at the end uh there, there are things that matter and you want to invest in the things that matter you know um yeah. another thing like just random like i i used to play a lot of poker right like it, it's a fun game oh, really? and I, okay. I i i I think I'm pretty good at it because I, I have uh, I have the ability to think about things mathematically and so on and I know some game theory, uh, but it's a waste of time. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a giant waste of time. Um, yeah. uh, so, like th those are those are good things for me to realize because I, sure. I I want to spend my life well, and I don't know. Maybe maybe it does come from something of a sound money mindset where you know the the only true scarcity that you have is time. Right? Like you know you yeah. you don't have you don't have infinite time, although a lot of people like to pretend they do. Um, yeah. And and so, yeah, I, I guess my my philosophy or my behavior has uh, sort of changed as a result of that. Maybe maybe it's just like I'm I'm an old man ta talking about growing old. I don't know. But that 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 that's <laughs> that's a change I'm seeing in myself. Yeah, yeah. I do I do think you you know you mentioned. You mentioned attention. You mentioned like having, you know, Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. You've had Bitcoin for a long time. So, you know, you've you've got some some freedom and like the ability to do different things. And I, I do think that that freedom, you know, time, uh, you have a wealth of time, like you have more attention. All of these things are, are types of wealth, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, you have more attention than the average person does. And so, you know, what are you going to do? How are you going to steward that wealth? Mm -hmm. I think that would probably be a word that's come up a lot. The more that I've thought about, you know, Bitcoin and money and more broadly in time is just, you know, how am I going to steward the things that I've, that I've been given? Um, you know, I, I, that, and I think 
again, as Christians, we think about this in the, in the context of, you know, we're going to give account for the way that we use the things that God has given to us, whether that's abilities or money or time or relationships. Um, and so I think that I just know it was, it's encouraging to me to hear you talk about, you know, you're, you think about by taking this trip with your kids and spending a good amount of Bitcoin to do it, you know, you're, you're, there's this, it just demonstrates there's a store of value, you know, in your wife and your kids that is a higher priority to you than, you know, than some sort of digital store of value. Yeah. Even as one as good as Bitcoin. Yeah. And this is a thing that I, I realized during the trip too. A lot of people live in prosperous places, but they're still really poor, right? <laughs> which, which is a strange thing to say. So yeah. South Korea, very prosperous, right? Like go, mm. like technologically way more advanced than most Western countries. Sure. Um, like, you know, certainly more than Austin, probably more than London, places like that. It's just everything is digital. There's all kinds of really nicely done things and stuff like that, but the people there are poor. And yeah. what I mean by that is, well, they can't afford a house. They can't mm. afford a family. They can't afford to get sure. married. They can't afford to have children. Mm. Like the, these are the things that are important. And in that sense, like, you know, not to get too much into my book, like fiat ruins you, you know, you, it, it takes away the things that, that you would actually value for these sort of distractions that don't really mean much. And the, that that's yeah. ultimately like a very bad trade. <laughs> and yeah. unfortunately, way too many people take that trade and think they've come out on top somehow. Um, yeah. And the, I, I don't know. It, it's uh, it, 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 this conversation about wealth and what, what, what that really is, is an important one to have because mm. most people think of it as having status or whatever but those like those aren't worth that much right like uh, yeah. like that that's not going to be at your bedside when you're dying um that's sure. that's not you know the, those yeah so like figuring out what really matters and making sure you have plenty of that i think is is kind of like the point <laughs> if you're not doing yeah. that with your money what are you doing with it yeah and i think the other thing too that a lot of people don't think about and i would love to i would love to hear maybe how you've been affected by this is is all the negative things that mm -hmm. <laughs> that fame and you know wealth and all these things that they bring your way because mm -hmm. it's easy to focus on all the you know positive things oh i get to travel i get to go speak i get to do all these things but i know i mean i remember uh jason williams he's talked about how he's gotten his sim card hacked like something like 10 times or something mm -hmm. that is he's had to just deal with that whole thing have there been any other you know for for people who are out there has there have been, there been any other costs to these you know to all these different types of wealth that you've had that have been you maybe you weren't anticipating or just mm -hmm. they've been about higher cost than maybe you were expecting yeah it's hard for me to say because um the costs aren't necessarily obvious i i mean i sure i've been pretty lucky on the sim swaps stuff. sure um Sure. But, uh, and you know, I, I try to have better security over my stuff. I, I think I would yeah. be lose my cred as a coder if I didn't do that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are downsides that I, I, I'm not necessarily aware of, but you just have gotten so used to them. Or something. Yeah. Or like I, I'm me, right? Like I, I don't know yeah. what it's like to be you. Um, and yeah. Yeah, you know, it's the 
you know, I, 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 I suspect that most of the harm is to my soul. <laughs> and I, mm. I don't know sure. exactly how to quantify that. Mm. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe it makes me more prideful makes me more entitled, maybe more, um, you know, short tempered or something like that, or impatient. Um, you know, all things my wife has accused me of, of course. Uh, but <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But but uh, but I don't know. It's it's hard for me to say because like the immediate suffering of that stuff is, you know, that that's one thing that I haven't really experienced that much of. Um, I mean, I, I suffer, but yeah, it's not. Like it's something that everyone suffers. It's not like specific. I, I think. Yeah it's, uh, yeah, it's not being thrown in jail. Like to this point, you know, it's not, it's not like something like that. Oh, I, I, and you know, part of it I think is just you know, I'm I've been very lucky. Um, like yeah. there there are people that, you know, um, I I don't know if you ever read like Tim Ferriss's thing on like being famous, but you know, he just like documents all the stuff that just happens to you. Um, and in that sense, I'm I'm very grateful that I'm kind of like whatever fame I have is in a very small <laughs> niche, and I don't have to worry about that stuff. I I, I talk about this. I, I've talked about this with my uh, the guy that wrote my forward, David Perel, because he's kind of in the same situation where there's yeah. some people that know who he is, but a lot of people have no idea, right? Like you you wouldn't yeah. and. It's like that that's probably the best place to be because you're not yeah. so um you're not a target and you know um but at the same time you get a lot of the benefits right like you know yeah. or nicer to you I guess or gives sure. me a little more respect something like that yeah I think the thing that you I mean you guys are in interesting places the two of you I, I've never met David yet mm-hmm. would love to would love to actually have you on the podcast David mm-hmm. but uh but one of the things I, I mean just he's really well respected by people who are other people who are well respected mm-hmm. so like he might not be famous to your average person on the street but you know you might know him or jack might jack dorsey might know him or you, know, you might have you know world leaders who might know about him because they've found value in in what he does um why, why don't you kind of introduce him for maybe people who who haven't heard of him before yeah he's uh he's my friend uh i don't know uh what 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 uh, he he teaches rite of passage he he um you know, I've interviewed him on my podcast before, so if you want to go learn his story, you can go do that there. But basically, he he's uh he's written certain essays that have become really famous, right? Like in mm-hmm. in the uh in a lot of circles. Um, and you know, uh, he he wrote one about the Bible, right? Like why you should read it, and it ended up going on like the front page of Christianity Today, and he was like. I did not have this on my bingo card, but you know, like that, that that's what ended up happening. Uh, he also teaches other people how to write and he, he runs a very successful business doing rite of passage. Uh, I took that class. Um, and that was actually one of the reasons why I wrote this book was, uh, after mm-hmm. I wrote it, I, I took his class. I, I just felt like I could write anything. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, just felt like a beast doing it. Uh, but yeah, he, he's, uh, he, he definitely has like, um, like a spice for life and he's very curious and uh you know like i've i've known him since he moved to austin a few years ago um yeah and you know we we've sort of grown a friendship as a result of that but you know it's it's interesting because i i I knew him separately and then i've gotten to know him and uh differently and 
you know, he's a fairly young guy, right? Like I'm, I'm, I think like 15, 20 years old. <laughs> so like, Oh really? Yeah. Okay. He's, he's fairly young. Uh, but you know, th- this is the magic of the internet. Like no one cares yeah. how old you are. Like if you can teach yeah. something, then, then you teach it and yeah. it, it works. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Have there been, have there been other people maybe throughout time like that you, you found them come across them and, and really feel like, Hey, this would be somebody who you found a lot of value in either the writing or their work. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's outside of the programming world, but have there been other people like David, uh, you know, previous to him or maybe even since him, since you've gotten to know him that you feel like would add value to people? So, um, uh, I mean, one of my other friends, uh, wrote the forward to my first book, Programming Bitcoin. His name is Ken okay. Liu and he, uh, he's a science fiction author. Um, he's, you know, written a whole bunch of stuff. Like a lot of his short stories have gotten optioned and become like, um, you know, short movies or, uh, you know, different series and stuff like that on TV. Uh, but he he's uh he's been someone that's I guess another micro celebrity of <laughs> yeah and, and we we've uh you know we've worked at two different companies together and you know like we we've known each other a long time so it's always interesting sort of seeing where he is um and you know talking to him about it and uh you know because he's a writer and I'm writing books now it's uh, it's nice to get his advice and stuff um yeah so he he's he's definitely added a lot of value to my life and uh and hopefully I have to his um but yeah I mean like there there's a lot of people like that right like where sure. you don't expect to necessarily for it to kind of become the way it did but like Andy Schoonover I think uh you you've uh, yeah. you, so you know I met him through somebody at church a while back and you know, we were talking about his company. I was like, dude, you really need to market to Bitcoin. <laughs> so he was like, really? I'm like, yeah, dude, there's so many people that would buy this. And, uh, and, and, uh, you know, like one thing led to another and, you know, he's, he's now like working at Bitcoin commons every day and, yeah. you know, sponsoring podcasts and conferences and stuff like that. And, uh, and, and running a pretty awesome company. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's lots of, things like that that I think happen uh and you know um I I've been fortunate to be on the receiving end of a lot of that yeah yeah Andy's great I think th- this episode should go live next week uh mm-hmm. the same week that we're gonna publish my interview with Andy on the thank God for Bitcoin uh, podcast so yeah Andy's Andy's the man and he he did he gave you credit for uh <laughs> for being a uh, catalyst for him working on the business and uh, marketing it to Bitcoiners let me just tell you, if, you know, as far as long as we're talking about, you know, being able to learn from other people and having eyes to to learn and and to teach. Um, so you you are a father, Timmy, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so what is what? How is it? You know, how do you look at yourself as as a as a teacher of of your kids? Like, have there been things that you've learned over time? And um, you know, have you have your kids shown interest in the in kind of programming or in that side of things, or is you know, do they look at dad and they're like, man, dad doesn't have programming for all of us or <laughs> what What does that look like for you? Yeah, it's like child raising is always like a little bit strange, right? Because uh, <laughs> first of all, like everyone's different. The parents yeah. are different. The kids are different. Everything's sure. different. So your interaction is largely dependent on your individual personalities and things like that and yeah. how how you learn and all that. 
So it, it's hard to give like hard and fast rules. You need to teach them this, just this, this, and this, and this, how you're supposed to do it. Um, and you know, having as many kids as I do, like there, there's a, there, there's a wide variety of responses to whatever I might do. Like I'm, I'm going to do yeah. one thing for one kid and a different yeah. thing for another kid. Um, and you know, some of them, you can just sort of be like, Hey, you should look into this and they'll go look into it or, Hey, you should try this and they'll try it. Others, if you do that, then that's like the last thing that they'll touch uh, is, sure. is, is that. So in a way you have to know your kids, right. To, mm-hmm. to be a good father to them. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, that, that's what I'm trying to be <laughs> at least yeah. <laughs> and, and, and and doing that uh and figuring out what's good for them Uh, the other part of fatherhood that it's like really underrated is half the equation is you right like and oh man and so much of what you do it's like all your issues all your baggage comes out with your kids so yeah you know uh you have to work through a lot of that to be a good father and that's um yeah i I can't lie that's hard that's hard like because i i have a lot of issues man yeah. No, 100%. That that's that is 100% what I would tell people is you're going to find out like yeah, teaching other people and teaching your kids a lot it's going to reveal just as much about you as as it, as it reveals about them. Mm. Um you know for for good and for bad and uh yeah, I think I mean just the the humility that's involved to to both teach and to learn is is a huge factor. I mean there's been times where I mean I'll I'll be telling my I'll tell my kids something, I'll correct them. And then literally 10 seconds later, realize you're a hypocrite. Mm. And then I have to go immediately after them and just say, hey, guys, daddy was, that was hypocritical. Daddy was wrong. Like, mm. will, will you forgive me? Uh, and just, you know, that being something else is just like showing that, you know, not again, it's not about showing, it's just about living. Like the reality is my, uh, like I have just as much need to be taught and to learn and to, to be humble and, and receive forgiveness as, as my, you know, kids do. Mm. Uh, and so I think that's, yeah, I think that's just a big part of it, right? Is I mean, Jesus said, unless you become like a child, you can't you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. And and a big part of of being a parent is being a child in in a, in a certain way, you know. Mm. Um, or it's it's, a, yeah. it's at least this willingness to learn. Um, and yeah. that that uh, that arrogance as a parent is very easy to get into because yeah, you know a lot of stuff. Your kids don't know anything, right? Like like. They literally are born not knowing anything. So you, you have yeah. to teach them a lot of stuff. So yeah. there there is sort of like an inbuilt pride or arrogance that comes into play that's that you have to manage, uh that, that you have to like keep in check and things like that. So yeah, it's yeah. it's hard. Okay. Have there been all right, so Jimmy, so you are as you you still have a Lord willing, a bunch of years ahead of you, but are there, are there things as you look and look at the rest of your life, look at the rest of the time that you have, you know, the research that you have, are there things that you see ahead of you where you're like, man, I I haven't really delved into this or I would like to invest more time, energy, you know, something in, in this area that maybe you, you just, it hasn't, the time hasn't presented itself up to this point. Is there, is there anything else? Yeah. It's on your, on your mind at this point yeah i i i think at this stage the thing i'm thinking most about is legacy family Mm. things like that and uh, unfortunately the fiat system is very um very insistent that your kids go out of your house at 18 and don't return Mm. right um yeah and that like 
I think part of that is the modern world. Part of that is like incentives and things like that. But sure. um, you know, when I look at sort of like traditional families and how they stuck together and what what it was that stuck them together, I can't help but think it's vocation, it's work, right? It's it's mm-hmm. what you do. And that that was what you passed down father to child and the education system was very different and so on. Uh, but when you when you lack that commonality, it's 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 hard for a lot of families to stay together. And typically what happens even if you're from, you know, a big family is, you know, you everyone goes off to their own place. You know, you yeah. live in a different place and then you see each other once or twice a year, which yeah. I think would be really, really sad for me. Like I, I don't yeah. want that to happen. Um so one of the things I've been thinking about is, okay, how do I recreate that, right, uh, mm. under a Bitcoin standard? Um, mm. And I think I've come come to the conclusion I have to start a business. <laughs> and <laughs> it's kind of, kind of a weird thing to say, but, you know, and it, it's, it's a very different motivation than, like, all the startups I was in in my, you know, mm. 20s and stuff like that. Because with all those, it was to make money, to get rich, and um, do whatever. Uh, the, like I already have a lot of money. It's um, yeah. it's a matter of starting a business so they have something to come back to, so they mm-hmm. can like sort of connect with a family in a different way, mm-hmm. uh, where it it is like a little bit more dependency on the family, and I I mm-hmm. think some level of that. Like with government dependencies, like no good. It's it's horrible yeah. in all all sorts of ways. Yeah. But dependency on your family, on the people you love, I think there's yeah. some wisdom in that, some yes. goodness in that. Um. So that that's something that I've been thinking a lot about. Like, what business do I start? Because <laughs> yeah, because ideally, it's something that everyone can contribute to, right? And it's yeah. something that you can sort of lay out over generations. This is what people used to do all the time is, is, yeah. you know, you had a trade and you taught your children and they taught their children. And it was, it was something that you brought the entire family into. Um, uh, yeah. I would like to do that with my family and I'm trying to figure out how to do it. Not, yeah. I, I, I don't get the sense that there's too many people that have come from my situation and gone to the destination I'm going. So, Yes. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm struggling for resources right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, that that's fascinating, honestly. And I've thought, I mean, I've thought a lot about this because um, this is, I mean, when we were missionaries, this is very much what we had. Like we had, there was one. You're talking about a, a business. Mm-hmm. There, there's a real sense in which, you know, like when it, when there's a lot in the scriptures that talks about the, the world being a household, like God. You know, like, and there's different houses. So you have like David's house. It's talking about David's extended family and David's, you know, business and like the mission that they're on and all these kinds of things. And so I think when we were missionaries, we had, you know, as as a family, we were, our, our, my job was to teach the Bible and to, you know, to, you know, uh, yeah, just like disciple people and what it means to follow Jesus. And so, and my kids were part of that. My kids would actively take part in that. They would pray for people. They would, you know, we'd have people in our home and they would get to, you know, see daddy being competent, you know, at something. And so there would be a, a mutual like respect there. Like they would see, oh, dad, you know, daddy did a good job in this and daddy was working hard. Um, 
And then they'd see my, you know, my wife would be contributing as well and she'd be working. And so we were like this, this unit that was all being, we were all working towards a common goal and it, it would, it wouldn't, it would fail basically if we weren't all contributing, it would be, it would, the mission would suffer. And I do think that's a huge part of what has led to such, you know, fracturing in families is that there's not a common mission. There's not a common thing that's, that's driving their existence. Um, and so I think that sounds incredibly wise. Uh, again, what, depending on what that looks like, I, I think that, you know, it, it is going to be, you know, challenging, but I definitely think, you know, casting that vision is, is a big part of this, you know, just like with, with your kids and just communicating, you know, like this, we're, we're the, you know, we're the bushes, we're the songs and, you know, just communicating that vision to them is, is a big thing because like your kids are always going to care about, well, no, like your kids will care about the things that you care about. Like they'll, they'll see that or they'll be put off by it. But you know, if you care about it to an unhealthy degree, they can be put off by it. But, um, you know, that is one of the positions that, you know, that parents have in the lives of their kids is to be able to shape to a certain extent with their kids, you know, love and, and want, um, you know, to a point. So I, I man, I'll, I'll pray for you on that because I, I think that's a great goal and, and definitely a thing to pursue, worthy of pursuit. Well, it, it sort of hits a lot of other things at the same time because I've been thinking a lot about, you know, what 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 I do with all this Bitcoin. <laughs> like, yeah, if we're right, this yeah. is like an insane amount of money, right? Like that yeah. that we're going to be leaving. Uh, like, do I want to leave it to my kids? I'm, yeah, like every person that i know that like grew up with a trust fund they're messed up i i don't think i want that for my kids so yeah the the idea of having a business is that you give them a way to earn it right? like and not yeah. not just yeah. sort of be a silver spoon-fed baby like it's um yeah yeah so i mean there there's there's a whole bunch of issues but that that's primarily on my mind is how how do make that transition, uh, uh, you know, like of handing off like something, I, I'm not even sure what it is yet. Uh, something yeah. that'll last something that that's provides value, something that they can feel good about doing, um, and do it in a way that, you know, the harder they work, the better they work, the more money they make, but they don't have to do that if they don't want to. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's tricky. I, I I don't really yeah. even know what that looks like, uh, but yep. But that's 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 where I would like to go. I like it. Um, again, we'd love to have you on again and kind of get updates, maybe, and we'll, we'll have you back in a year, definitely, and kind of get a, get an update of, as far as what you're thinking. Because um, again, there's going to be people in the Bitcoin space and potentially in the Nostra space as well, starting companies that ended up, you know, that end up doing really well and will be in this same situation. So. Um, Jimmy, really appreciate you again. I, I'll just tell this to people. I don't get, I don't get to say this enough, but like Jimmy, Jimmy is the real deal. <laughs> um, Jimmy puts his money where his mouth is and he works really hard and, um, yeah, I've just been grateful to get to know him these last few years. And, um, again, they say, don't meet your heroes, but, uh, I'm, I'm grateful to, to call Jimmy a friend and to, to get to work with him. And again, look forward to having you again back on the, the thank God for Nostra podcast. And within the next couple of weeks, we need to get you on the, on the thank God for Bitcoin podcast too. So Jimmy song, thank you very much. Yeah. Well, appreciate you guys uh, watching and listening to the Thank God for Nostra podcast. Go get Jimmy Song's book, Fiat Ruins Everything. It's fiatruinseverything.com, Jimmy. Mm -hmm. Go grab that. Support the, 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 it's not a Kickstarter, but start the, the fundraiser. 
uh, go support him over there. And yeah, hopefully you can also go see him. Jimmy, are you going to be, what's the next conference? Where else can people find you, see you? Uh, the next one will be Bitcoin Amsterdam. And uh, after that, uh, Lugano. Oh, no, no. I'm doing Pacific Bitcoin, then Bitcoin Amsterdam, oh, okay. then then um, uh, Lugano Forum, uh, Plan B. Plan B Forum. Okay, so, awesome. Yeah. All right, we'll go see Jimmy at those places. Uh, thank God for Bitcoin. We will be, uh, we will be, let's see. Uh, we're going to be at Pacific Bitcoin next month. Um, so we have, if you go to tgfb.com, you can go to the events tab and buy your tickets to our our Pacific Bitcoin event. Uh, you can also grab tickets for TGFB 24, which is going to be the event that we do uh, out in Nashville ahead of the, the Bitcoin Magazine Conference next year. So go grab your tickets. Um, we just raised the prices. Uh, they're going to raise again in, in a few months. Here. You got you got a while to get your uh, tickets locked in at the current rate. Um, we also, just today, uh, booked that we are going to be at Nosterville uh, in the beginning of uh, the beginning of November in Nashville. They're doing a two-day uh, Noster conference, so we're going to be there recording a few podcasts with some of the some of your favorite Noster personalities there. So um, go ahead and, and go to TGFB, find out more information, follow us on Twitter. Uh, we are appreciative for you guys, and we'll talk to you soon.